Okay, I've had a coffee, now I've got to start talking. Hello and welcome to day three of what was initially called the Molesworth trip. I'm now calling it the Labor Weekend Ride, Todd, because... Okay, rebranded. We didn't do the Molesworth. But that, that you, if you're listening to this, you probably know that already. Let's not cover ground again. We are cruising along the waterfront in gorgeous sunny Nelson. Not quite sunny this morning. A little bit overcast, a little bit misty, but quite moody and quite picturesque. Look it's at, beautiful, look at, isn't it? Just that's lovely. where we left. We've got, we've got people paddle boarding. We've got kayakers. We've got boaties going out fishing. The sea is flat, apart from those breakers out there, but I think they're meant to be that. And it's, it's a lovely picturesque spot. We just had a nice chat at Raglan Roast uh, with a gentleman who has a Yamaha Tracer. Yeah, Tracer 900 GT. Gorgeous bike. Love that bike. Oh, I would have that was bike. Gorgeous. It, it, he obviously looks after it just like you look after your T7. It is. What did he say? Bought it new and he's done 36,000 k on it in a couple of years? Yeah, I think that was it. Top of the South is a great place to live if you're a motorcyclist. There's, there's so many roads, gravel and tar seal. For us over in Wellington, we have to kind of make that ferry ride, which, you know, I always thought was a bit of a blocker, but I was a little surprised with how quick it went when we came over here. Now, obviously, we've got to go back, so let me see how I feel after that, but, yeah. I definitely have to make more trips over here and do more rides. I, it's beautiful. Okay, so the plan, I completely agree, too. I've got a habit of doing that. You make a point, I don't acknowledge it, I carry on. Uh, I completely agree. So the plan today... We're going to wind our way through Nelson, and then we're going to take the coast road around to Polaris. From there, we're a hop, skip, and a jump through to Havelock, and then the Queen Charlotte Drive. Queen Charlotte Drive, which is about a 50k per hour road around to Picton. So we've got a cool 119k to do today. Uh, final check-in for the ferry is 12.15. It's now... 9.15, that gives us three hours to do two hours of the riding. It's me, 70 degrees, and I have a 216 kilometer range. So we might be able to get these bikes on the ferry without going up, and uh, we fill up back in Wellington. Actually, that's a good point. I, I have 157k range in this bike, being pretty up and down. Nothing like some drama on the final day. What do you reckon? Do we push through or do we get kicked? Yeah, I reckon we push through. Well, okay. Should we get 30 minutes up the road from the ferry in one of the drives of fuel? Do we have any options? To 157k's range, and it's what, 112k I think I saw from here to Picton? I think maybe make that judgement in about 50k's time. I don't know if we've got that option, I think it's get gas here, or pay, pay exorbitant rates for an unmanned, unknown, unbranded petrol station halfway. Are you contemplating just getting gas right now? Well, the, the smart part of me says get gas now. The uh, the daredevil in me is like, no, give it a crack, Nigel. Yeah, we'll give it a crack. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? Run out of fuel, miss the ferry. Well, we've got an hour buffer, so worst case scenario, you go find me some gas and come back. I did bring a siphon hose. That's just how prepared I am for your shenanigans. You know what some people on the internet said when they saw the Vista on the side, the Pan America? They said, oh, look, the Pan America's got a tow car. Did you have to take the Suzuki because you might have to tow the Harley? Then from that perspective, we should definitely run the risk of the uh, beast from running out of fuel, just so I can tow you. The other part of it is, um, I don't like a computer telling me what to do. If it says I've got 157k's range, I'm like, nah, i got more than that. What do you know? <laughs> 
Well, since you uh, you were riding the Pan America and you figured out that after you, it says uh, zero range left, you have another 50k. I think you worked out. Uh, the the V-Strom. When it's oh, zero, no, zero, zero k's left, I put 17 litres in the tank. It's got a 20 litre tank, so I clearly had three litres left. Then Brenta, you have plenty. We haven't really been doing the hardest riding last two days, but we have been doing pretty decent kilometres. We've been doing over 300 k's both days. I feel a little bit battered and bruised, but here sitting at 80 k's an hour in fourth gear on the V-Strom in cruise control, it's a nice place to be. I'm looking down and it tells me I have done 720 kilometres since I left home on Friday. It's not a huge amount, but I, I feel a bit tired, but I don't feel exhausted. I mean, I, I could probably keep this pace for about five days. Yeah. You know you've done some riding, but you're not rooted. And yeah. I think if we did Molesworth, Rainbow, all of that, we would be pretty done by now. Off-road riding, or I should say, the, the gravel riding off the tar field does tend to take a lot more uh, concentration and a bit of body language to be able to manoeuvre these big heavy bikes. But, uh, you know, this is okay. I quite like touring. I feel like an old man saying that, but I quite like touring. It's kind of nice going between different, different towns, particularly when the roads are not like state highways. Like, you know, decent back roads with good twisties, jump on some gravel sections. That's kind of nice. If you look out to our left now, there's a massive mud plain, plain, mud plain, sand plain, whatever you want to call it. If you look out there, there's actually wheel tracks in that mud. Do you reckon we can just shoot off to the left here and go and see how these bikes do in the mud? I think it's a brilliant idea. I think you should go first, and then we'll see who's going who. I think the funny part is, if we were to try and like go from the road here down to the water, I don't think we'd even make the water. Nah, there's some big rocks down there, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> Looks like we're riding in some gorgeous weather. We've been um, under some low clouds, some real misty stuff, which is, as I said, been quite picturesque, but we're coming out in some blue sky. I think we're going to have a nice wee ride. I was expecting a lot more rain. The forecast for Nelson for the last week has always said rain on Sunday. Uh, and we went out walking through Nelson just to check out some sites last night. We got back and it was dry and then not long after we got back I put a head out the door and it was soaking wet. So We've been very lucky with the weather. It's been absolutely mint. Yeah, I've been lucky. That's what it's like when you're riding on these bikes, isn't it? Well, not these bikes specifically, but Generally, sometimes you get lucky with the weather, sometimes you just get ridiculously unlucky. I was kind of looking forward to testing out the waterproofing on the um, on the one-ton gear that I'm wearing, the one-ton Apex suit. I haven't really had that chance, it's quite dusty. Well, it's still time for me to push you in the water. I'm going to push you off the pier at um, uh, Sananid yesterday. That was your intention, in front of all those children. Well, you've got to teach them how savage life can be, you know? Yeah. Tint advisor was a good call. I don't regret only bringing a tint advisor. It's a summer thing, right? You can kind of get away with it. Because it's okay when it's cloudy or, or rainy with a tint advisor. You just can't do, like, dark. You can't be riding at night. It's just too hard. Yeah. 
And the worst is dark and cold and misty because you just can't see anything. Yeah, you really got to time your um, time your departure and arrival to make sure you're in the in the the sun. Try and pass me. Get back I, here. I have my cruise control set. Oh, I'm gonna wait. Know your place, son. I am super curious to see how the adaptive cruise control goes on that multi-charter V4S. There's a lot of times in this trip where I've just been behind you and like maybe our cruise controls are set for different, so I'm just sneaking up. It would be nice if it would kind of just hold me back instead of having to like cut it off and make adjustments. Yeah, it would be. And then the bike and Frank can just set the pace. In terms of technology, I've been super impressed with the suspension dropping down on this, like the, the ride height uh, system. Yeah. That is, has really impressed me. Now, I, I'm pretty impressed, and I, we'll, we'll talk about this yesterday, I am quite comfortable getting on the bike in all different ways. I'm flexible enough to get on the bike without too many challenges. I can only imagine someone who's, let's say, on the uh, positive side of 50, that uh, this ride height device is a game changer for them. That's incredible. Like, hey, what are you? Are you maneuverability. Five, five ten, six foot, somewhere around there? Uh, I'm just under six foot. Yeah, so, so am I. I'm a lot tighter in the hips, though. I do less stretches and body combat or whatever it is that you do. Um, less physical activity. So I'm a lot tighter in the hips, and I, I do struggle to to just stand on one leg and swing a leg over a bike sometimes, especially these adventure bikes. And then as soon as you get a pack on the back, you've got to get your leg up higher again. Ah, uh, yeah. So I quite, I, I generally, on most bikes, I stand on the passenger, on the left-hand peg when it's on the kickstand or the center stand, and then swing a leg over, which I find a lot easier. I do that on the T7 every day. I don't need to do that on the Pan America because of the squat. It just sits down. It's a lot easier to get on and off. So this is the thing with the uh, the ride height lowering on the Pan America. I don't believe the biggest benefit is getting on and off. I believe the biggest benefit is when you just have to move around. So you yeah. get on the bike and like, oh, I have to point in the opposite direction. All right, I'm going to waddle my way around. And when you've got a 250 kilo bike, which, you know, for a lot of adventure bikes, okay, let's say they're 220, 30, 40, 50, like, it doesn't really matter. When you only have tippy toes, and let's say you're on some loose ground, it's really tricky to just maneuver the bike when you're sitting on it. But when you can lower that down, you've got flat foot, it's amazing. Yeah. What you can do on this bike when you just turn the ignition on and you have to kind of change direction, I am so impressed. I'm so impressed. Yeah, completely agree. I would be curious to know about the trade-off of having this sort of suspension set up. Is it possible to have this sort of suspension set up with a more off-road bias? Oh, please, totally. Please, 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 yeah. We're doing editing. Yeah, he's going to pull me over. What for? Uh, I'm doing about 90, uh, 85, 90. Oh, no, he's not. He's carrying on. I think he's letting you know. <laughs> hey? I think he was letting you know that he saw you. <laughs> he was indicating to pull out. I was like, well, I just come around that corner at 85.90. Yeah. Okay, point taken. I will set the cruise control for 80, and that'll be us. You're a bit slower than 80. Yeah, I am. I'm turning through. So, we back up. I was just looking in my mirror to see if he was turning around, but he's definitely not fit. Beautiful road. That's a gorgeous road, isn't it? I love it. Yeah. It's one of those roads you don't need to go fast. It's just sleepy bends.
Yeah, this is actually much nicer than Rimba Tucker's. This is, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, this is... I think it's about the same, but there's no traffic. It is a little wider as well. This, this is like the hut side of the Rimba Tucker's all the way. Yeah. Because the hut side is quite wide and sweeping like this, where the other side is... Cut back. Crappier. Uh, you're probably right, this is a bit wider than the hut side even. It's um, a very mixed surface though. Like the surface itself is good, but it's very... Part of it's wet, part of it's dry. Yeah, that's the part that I don't like at the moment, is that... I should, I should have some traction control on. You're going to have the two, don't you? No, it's off. You turned it off. <laughs> Definitely should have traction control on. <laughs> Do you gonna pull over a bit? Oh, I just find out. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We got a, we got some traction control on now, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what I like about this bike is you can do it all on the fly. I find the Harley easier to toggle on the fly than that bike. That bike did it made me think a lot when I was doing it. Yeah. But this bike, you can go. I want a bit more of this, yeah. but I'm happy with all my other settings. Where your one, you've got to set it all the settings and then scroll through the modes. Yeah, you you can, you can uh, tweak that one easier on the fly. This one, you have to set it in advance and then you drop know. down to 15 degrees. We're uh, up in the mountains now. Uh, we're not far below the misty cloud. In fact, some of these corners have come around west end. We're riding through that misty cloud and that moisture. So basically this road, you've got two options from Nelson to Polaris. This road or Mangatapu track, which I think you could actually do on these bikes. You'd need a bit of commitment and these tires wouldn't help. Your tires might be better than mine, well would be better than mine, but up to two days riding and 750 odd kilometers, this is, this is nice. I always feel when you're on a particular deadline, like a ferry, it's not such a great idea to do something that could really drastically go wrong. Um, when we did the Molesworth two years ago, we uh, came across a, an American gentleman, Chevy, who uh, did all go with the adventure riding community around Wellington, uh, and he picked up a WR250 from Price Project, and we cut across in the middle of the Bullsworth, and front sprocket was just bold. There were no teeth, no teeth at all. Um, and yeah, it was only to happen that he had, we had enough tools, and he had a, bre a spare front sprocket, because he got spares with the bike, that we could get him back on the road, but he was hatching the ferry that day. And he basically had to like, leg it after three hours of, uh, sitting in the sun on the Molesworth to get it to the ferry and get on just in time. And that was, uh, yeah, that's not cool. You really need to have enough time for things to go wrong. Otherwise, you've got to do so much reconfiguration and planning. Uh, if you, if it's supposed to be a leisure ride, I don't know why you pack everything in so tight, such that everything has to go to plan. That seems like a risky for disaster. If you're buying a bike and it comes with a spare front sprocket, you've got to question why. <laughs> I had a WR actually, I had a WR, a 2003 WR250R, which I did trail riding on. And I don't know how many trail rides I did before I realised that there were about nine teeth missing off the rear sprocket. Never, it never slipped, it never, um, you know, I never had any issues. I was just, you know, cleaning up the chain one day and I went, hang on. I'm missing a few teeth here. You know when you've been riding along for a while, and you've been doing, well, we were going pretty slow there, but let's just say you've been doing, like what we did yesterday, where you're doing 100, 110, sort of, and then, yeah, down to 80 for twisty. Um, and then you go to pull over after doing that for a few hours, and you have this sensation of pulling up on the side of the road where it's like mossy and gravel. 
Thank you. Yeah, nice one. Good job. Um, but you realise you're just coming in way too fast. Like your adjustment for speed is too high. Like what feels like, okay, I'm going slow now. You're still doing 40 k's an hour coming into gravel and trying to break. Yeah. Um, and you think, oh, I'm going slow, but you're so used to doing 100 k's an hour that you're just going way too fast. Way too fast onto really loose surface. It's, it's very different to going onto a gravel road where the whole road is gravel and you've just got a lot of room to move. But on the side of the road, it can be very sketchy. I have, um, I think I've fallen off for my V-strom doing that one. Uh, and it was grass. Yeah, because it's off and like, oh, it's fallen to the grass, but not really thinking, hey, grass is super bloody slippery. And you can't just, like, break. <laughs> it just doesn't work. It's also, um, when you are... You, you're breaking, like, if you're breaking from 100 down to 40 on tarmac, you're used to a level of grip. But like, like, I can hold the brakes on at this amount, and I can slow down. But once you break that traction, you have to like break a lot longer, and that doesn't happen. Like you don't mentally change that. So yeah, yeah it's tricky. I, I reckon a lot of people have gone down like that. It, it catches me out all the time still. All right. So day three, I've done more more time on the V Strom than you have. Uh, I'm on the V Strom now. Clearly, this seat sucks. It sucks, doesn't it? It's hard. I've done 36k, and I'm just like, oh, should I stand up? It's a cheap fix though, like if you're saving 10-15 grand on the bike between these two, you can fix that seat, you can fix it. Uh, speaking of seats though, like we put the Harley in the higher setting to get a bit more legroom and you know, just be a bit more comfortable, but I find it moves around a lot. Uh, it feels like it just needs more of a grip. A bit more legume. More of something in the front of the seat. As we are in corners, so uh, it makes it feel a little up to date, but not Okay, so we, we, we've, been, we've definitely given these Cardos a decent test, right? We haven't played with a lot of the features like the um, the bridging of audio across and stuff like that. We couldn't really actually work that out, to be fair. Um, but we read the instructions, it'll probably be plainly obvious to us. But what we have been doing is a lot of people struggling to hear what the other person's saying. It's yeah. fine. It's okay at 100 k's an hour, but at 80, you can have a really nice, decent quality conversation. I agree. At 100, you can communicate. At 80, you can have a conversation. And uh, that, that's actually a really, I think that's kind of cool, because on when you're going through a section of road where, you, let's say, you should be doing 80, not 100, but you really would just do 100 because, yeah, there's nothing else to do. Having someone to chat to, either you can just, you know, set your cruise control or, you know, watch your speed and have a yarn. This is a beautiful corner. Oh, it is, isn't it? I love this. I was going to say that, and then I thought, nah, I've said that about pretty much every corner the last three days, but this is nice. I feel sorry for this, um... Mazda 3 in front of us because they, they let us pass before and now they're letting us pass again. You should probably accelerate them. Come on, look they at them. Are. You're making them suffer. Come on. Ah, uh, they're in a slow vehicle, but it's okay. I'm getting there. Like one of those royal people who's like, uh, don't you hold my hat. I'll need it soon. Hold my hat. Hold my hat. <laughs> it's like when you're, um, when you're like five meters behind someone and they hold the door open for you. And it's like, you feel the need to rush and to hurry. It's like, thank you for holding the door open. Let me just uh, jog to catch up with you so you don't have to hold the door for a very long time. But realistically, it's their fault for holding the door open for you when you're so far back. It is their fault for being nice to you. 
sick yeah. when it's Monday morning and you have your helmet on. <laughs> Shut up. I don't, I'm not telling you anything anymore. When we are riding and you have a microphone, you can't help yourself but tell me stuff. So what you're alluding to there, and since you've alluded to it, I'll put it, I'll tell the listeners the story, and then I'll cut it out in post-production, is that, and it happens generally on a Monday morning, you know when you just can't be bothered talking to people, you haven't, you know, you just woke up in a crap mood, you've got to go to work, and it's just like, ugh, whatever. My colleagues at work know not to talk to me if I walk into the office with my helmet on. I think it's a general rule that if someone walks into a building with a helmet on, they are considered a risk. Like you can go into your petrol station with your helmet on nowadays, it's kind of, um, it's almost like wearing a mask. Well, you, you can right now, can't you? Why are you doing that? You really slowed down. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I had an itchy eye and I had to get in behind my glasses to, uh... Oh, to okay. I was, like, quite close and then slowing down, I'm like, that'd be okay. And then the car behind me is getting close, I'm like, hang on a second, I'm getting sandwiched here. It's like we're getting, we're getting down on the plateau at this point. Yeah. As a plateau. Yeah, in Australia I know that uh, wearing a helmet into a uh, petrol station is an illegal thing. It's illegal. Illegal, yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, they, really, they really legislate against stuff that is kind of common sense in Australia, don't they? Yeah, it, it was all based around safety of people like uh, holding up police, sta- uh, police stations, holding up petrol stations with, uh, with helmets on. I don't know if it ever happened, or maybe it happened once and they decided, okay, that's a rule now forever. Then that probably sounds about right, Bob Brand. Uh, so my local petrol station that I go to, the one across the road from work, uh, is Z on Vivian Street in Wellington. Um, I go in there every day. Well, I go in there at least once a week, and um, I never really took my helmet off. I just, you know, I just went in there, whatever. But um, I went in there one day wearing my motorbike gear without my helmet on, and the um, lovely uh, lady, um, Hey Cardo, radio off. Uh, the lovely lady in the petrol station goes, Oh, is that what you look like? We were wondering what you looked like. <laughs> Classic lady in the petrol station. French pass. We're not going that way, are we? Uh, uh 100 meters, the best street. Where's this guy going? French pass. Maybe you like, made him very nervous, he just had to pull over. I think that's what he's done, too. This just triggered my indicator because I wanted to get my cruise control. I was wondering why you were telling me you were going around a right-hand bend when really that was the safest option. Apparently I'm just not with it today. Rye Valley. To be clear, you haven't eaten anything this morning. The coffee turned you from, I don't want to talk to you, to, okay, I'm willing to have a conversation. But your memory is just like, I'm not going to remember anything. Feed me, or memory's off. We could pull over for a sausage roll if we find a bakery. I reckon we carry on to Havelock. Havelock we shall. I'm actually feeling okay. I mean, I'm, it's a pretty cruisy ride, so it's not like we need to be aggressive or... I'd probably struggle if I needed to go and do an aggressive ride now. A lot of concentration. For just the yeah. cruisy winding through the mountain passes, yeah, it's just fine. 59, what does your speedo say? Mine's just 63. 58. Yeah. My GPS is 58. Yeah, I think we've established that Eastrum is out. <laughs> Every reference point, still out. Yep, still out. I reckon... 90! I'm pushing my button for acceleration. So did I. <laughs> you know when you, you, like, you don't use your speedo, you just accelerate and you're like... Do you ever do that? You go, oh, I think I'm doing about 100, and you look down, oh, 140. I mean, it's these bikes is that you can... 
Facebook, you can be doing it on the but I'm just going to get in front of this truck. Uh, you know, we're 300, I'm just going to get in front of because uh, this corner's coming up. And it's like, oh, I'm doing 145. How did instant, that happen? Instant, lots of license. Yeah. It's it's so easy for the when you do an overtake to just be too fast. Well, at this point, I think I'd like to say thank you very much to Suzuki New Zealand for what has been a beautiful V-Strom. It really has been. It's been an experience. I've never ridden a V-Strom 1000. I found that the uh, V-Strom 650 was a beautiful bike, lovely and smooth. And the V-Strom 1000 is very similar, a bit more high-tech and power. What are your favourite features of the V-Strom? What are the car car car? Car coming. I know. I thought that was when you were overtaking. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the beauty of a leisure bike. If you get into a position where you're like, hmm, you can pass too, by the way, if you click. Thank you. Uh, you get into a position where you're like, hmm, I need more power. Just wind it. I don't condone that. It's nice to know you've got that safety net, hey? Like, that's, yeah. that's actually a really... That was the position that could have been a lot dicier if I didn't have... Look at this! The bird circling in a... in a... what do you call that? A, an updraft? A bloody murder! Is it? You're a murder? Murder occurs? No, the, the, the... oh shit, my cruise control just cancelled. Um, the bird's just circling in, a, in an eddy or an updraft or a... whatever you call that. That was cool. Uh, also, it's a massive thank you to uh, Harley-Davidson because what you're riding, and I said it in my... Um, my full review of the bike is it's not your granddad's Harley. You're not a Harley guy, but you've been surprised by that bike. I, I think I would, I agree, I'd say it might be your dad's Harley. <laughs> like I think this bike works really well for, let's say people over 40 to 50 who want to have a few extra creature comforts and ride around. Now I'm happy riding this as well, don't get me wrong. I'm really happy riding this. But I think the market that will really appreciate it will be the 40-50 plus who are considering getting into adventure riding. Maybe they've been riding a sport bike or just a tour run. They want to do a little extra gravel. Oh yeah, the, 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 the seat height, sort of up and down, the rider mode. Who wants to get their head around the pack? Yeah, this, this bike will make riding amazingly easy for a lot of people. You've got a bit of power under your, your wrist, so you've got to be a bit careful with that. But, um, I don't know, you tell me, do you think like you could get a 20 to 30 year old riding a Pan America, realistically? I think, I honestly think that if you, if you are a true motorcyclist, you need to at least go to a dealer and test ride a Pan America. Because most motorcyclists I've come across, Harley is, is very polar. It's either you, you love them or you're just like, what? I'm not a 70-year-old leather-wearing, chrome-loving motorcyclist. I'm not going anywhere near one. Where that is the crossover between any other bike and Harley. And if you didn't have a Harley logo on that bike, people would be raving about it. Hemlock! That's a couple is, of faster than I expected. This is a gorgeous lake. It's not a lake, bro. That's um, Queen Charlotte Sound. Sound? Yeah. Bro. Brah. Brah. I've never ridden this way from um, Nelson over... Well, okay. I've never been to Nelson. Uh, but I've never come over this way from Picton. This is gorgeous. This road has been... Beautiful! 
and Beelon's like, oh, bloody hell, not again. Oh, come on, guys. Why'd you even bring me if you're just not going to listen? We went through this yesterday. It's not cool. I've got... You make it, Scott. 124 left in the, um... You're calling me fat. <laughs> you heard it. 124 left in the tank, and I think we've got about 50 kilometers to go. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say the bike. I'm going to make you, Scott. You don't want to squat? I'll make you squat. I'm going to sit on your head. Isn't there a song in that? It's going to make you squat. Squat, 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 mm, I like squat, to squat, squat, squat it, squat it. I like to squat it, squat it. Mm. So let's be fair, we dr we rode this whole way just to get that photo, right? Yeah, pretty much. You got a problem with that? You got a problem with that, James? Yeah, I'm fucking ill. So when, I, when I first knew that I was going to ride this bike, right? Yep. I was like, uh, V-Strom 1050, cool bike, but like, <clears throat> nothing on the Harley. Honestly, I was like, it's, it's the wallpaper of motorbikes. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um... I actually expected that I would really like the V-Strom and really not like the Harley. And it turns out I've really liked the Harley and I've liked the V-Strom, but I don't know. Like, I definitely, after the changes I made on day two, morning of day two, definitely loved it much more. Like, uh, the, just everything about it got better for me. Oh, should um, we swap to, from here to Picton? Oh, yeah, we should. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, we'll get up here where the, where the road goes. 800 metres. I actually will go here. Yeah. Um, Shoot, because I haven't had as much time with that one. Take our beeline. Yeah, that's a good idea. Take your beeline. I'll take my phone. Beeway or beeline. Yeah, so what I was saying is, um, I really wasn't, I wasn't excited about riding the V-Strom. Uh, I thought in the pictures it looked plastic and, and basic and meh. Apart from that seat, and I've just sat on this one, on the Harley and gone, oh. Yeah, but you're loving oh. that. Bet you are loving that. Right, you go, go first, because you pop my view. Um, the Harley, the, uh, the, the V-Strom is a stand bike. Like, it really is. It's a lot more like, like what I'm used to with the, um, T7. Yep. You know what I like about the Harley? And I think I've just stitched yeah. you up. Okay. With the Harley, this road, what we're doing now, it's 50 k's of 50 kilometer per hour stuff, right? Yep. And, um, the Harley will do cruise control at 50 k's an hour. The V-Strom, you need to be in fourth gear and you can't... What do you mean, we just swap bikes and you're telling me that now? What I'm telling you is I can do this all the way to Picton at cruise control and you can't. You said the restriction of this bike was just fourth gear, right? You gotta do fourth gear for 50 k's an hour. And from what I've worked out, you've gotta be in fourth gear or above to, to use cruise control on that bike. Okay. See, I'm comfortable with the bike kind of like just dun 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 down low. You don't like it. You like it revving more. So let's see. Let's let's see. Well, I, um, I, from my experience, and it can only it, like where it was today is it, it's only just in third gear at 50 k. Yeah. Okay. Um. But if you get sick of it, let's swap back. <laughs> I definitely need more time on the V-Strom. Um. So jumping back on the V-Strom. Is that just like 50 k's here? Yeah. Oh. Jumping back on the V-Strom. Actually, first to clarify, are the roads like this for this whole section? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, well, we're not using bloody cruise control, are we? <laughs> you're going to be, you're going to be, like, constantly braking, and therefore your cruise control keeps cutting out. So your evil plan just hasn't gone, gone to plan. Well, I think the road's going to be like this. 30 k's, washout, traffic light. Now, we were told that this road was going to have a lot of traffic lights. Here's our first set. We should count them as we go. We're expecting nine. That's what our... Oh. 
Is that what Okay, so getting back on the V-Strom, first impressions are that it feels way more sporty than the Harley. Like, it definitely, you're in a much like, um, you're in a tighter riding position. Everything's kind of, uh, you're a bit more crunched up. Not in a bad way, but like you're closer to the handlebars, your elbows are out a little more. Um, the Harley kind of does feel a bit more like a touring bike than this one. Obviously, we've already talked about seats, so that, that's, that's fine. Um, the hand grips are narrower or shorter in circumference, and that I don't really like that. I like the with the heated grips, how you get the wider circumference, the longer circumference um, grips. So I think that just feels nice on the hand. And it just feels a little more twitchy than the Harley. Um, a little more twitchy. I, I think um, I discovered on day two that the correct way to have or the correct setup for the V-Strom is to actually use throttle mapping B. Uh, throttle mapping A, I think you said you could actually do a wheelie on, but I found that really too aggressive riding. It's just, it was cutting in and out, and you know, I couldn't get smooth roll on on the corner. A is definitely the sport mode. Yeah. And C was just too sluggish. So I, I think B is a nice compromise. If I could fault anything on the riding modes, I really think that Suzuki could have done a bit better on that. The A just, it's not, I don't think it's really usable. Like the sort of time you'd want an A would be maybe twisty roads like this that are in maybe a bit better condition. That's it, I've just gone into sport mode. Okay, yeah, but that's, mo for, that's in the Harley, right? I think the Harley sport mode is fantastic. On the V-Strom, I wouldn't because it would just be like bouncing all over the place um, from a throttle perspective. That's Very it, the Harley sport mode, I'm barely making use of it. It doesn't matter what mode I'm in here because we're not going fast enough to, no. to do anything. Yeah, I don't know if you're, yeah, sport mode right now, I think you're going to be probably better off in um, just the road mode because it's like soaks up all these bumps. Yeah. I think it's probably like actually a better experience for you. You're also on and off the throttle so much and every time in sport mode you come on the throttle, it's smashing. Yeah. You get that little jerk and then just every time you do that, that's like every corner, it's just not nice. Well, you're right, I've just gone back to street mode, road mode, whatever you want to call it, and it's... It, it is nice. It it's glorious, well. isn't it? Yeah. And on this twisty, twisty stuff, left, right, left, right, 50 k's an hour, it just kind of links it all together, caresses your brow and says, you know, it's a nice sunny day and it's a long weekend and everything's going to be okay. I've never done this road and this is beautiful. Uh, not Sorry, not just the road. The road's nice, twisty, but the, the view out there, oh my God. That is yeah, glorious. Havelock through to um, Picton, uh, it's called Queen Charlotte Drive. If you ever look at it on a map, like I did at the um, start of the year, I went, ugh, 50 k's an hour twisty. Like, it's obviously like the Paikakariki Hill Road. It's one of those roads that used to be 100 k's an was too dangerous. So you used to have a lot of fun. Oh, I have to stop. No, oh, I'm coming through. You're coming through. Um, There's no one here. You know? You know what I'm saying? It used to be one of those fun roads. And the fun police have dropped the speed limit and... That's, no, what it might, that's what it might seem like until well, you get when, here, right? When, yeah, when you look at it on the map, that's what it is. But in person, when you get here, you're just like, this is the perfect way to finish off a road trip. Just cruising around the sea, lefty-righty, lefty-righty. And doesn't it feel good... This one's a timer. Doesn't it feel good that you actually have... Um, when you're doing 50... And you're like, well, I actually am forced to go slow here. Mobile phone, one, connecting. Yeah. Like, you're, you're kind of forced to appreciate it, and then you're like, yeah, this is nice.
Probably should appreciate it. Up there, see the traffic lights? Third set, second one will green. Okay, so we're going to get back to that question. Um, Suzuki and Harley are both saying to you, you know what, Mr. Heron, you're a great bloke. We're going to give you the bike should you want it. But you're only allowed to accept one of them. That's a paper, they're going to give it to you. Which bike do you take between these two? And it's the Vestron. I've been saying so many like amazing things about that Harley, but that bike. If, in honesty, if I had this bike, if I had both bike, and I was going to do the Molesworth, I would be taking the Vestron. But if I was going to do State Highway 1, to the same location, it would be the Harley. I think for the sort of riding I do, I, would, I know I would have to spend maybe a thousand bucks or so on all the little modifications I want to make to make it my bike at price point to make it my own bike. Where Even if you spend a thousand bucks, you're still spending less than buying the Harley. Yeah. Well, I have a flashing fuel light. That is worrying. How many, what's your range though? This is like your, your, your T7, right? Flashing when it's got 100k to go, that's not really cool. Gravel. Oh, yeah. Hang on, I need to switch into off-road mode. Oh, we ran out of gravel before I got into off-road mode. Beastrum, I would put a nice exhaust on it. You could throw a nicer exhaust on it and it would be... It would sound fantastic. The, the problem here is, like, you asked that question, and, and what I don't think you get listening to the conversation is how difficult finding that answer is. Because mm. they're both great bikes. They're really good. And I know that it sounds like, ah, oh, just, he's just being positive because he's been paid to say that, or Harley gave him a bike, and Suzuki gave him a bike, and you can be negative like that, but they're so good. They really are both brilliant bikes. I, I think I'm impressed with the Harley mostly because of not expecting to be impressed with it. Like, I, I, it was a surprise for you. It definitely beat my expectations. And I think with the V-Strom, it's about on par but I'm kind of really curious to see what it would be like with all the little mods that I would do to make it my bike. And I, I've sort of already got my shopping list after this trip. Like, I know exactly what I would do. You're pointing? Oh, the boat. Our We're boat. in Picton. We're here. Oh. You know what? I looked at that boat. I actually thought that our boat was on fire. <laughs> it's not. That's, that's not our boat. That's Blue Ridge. Oh. Well, there we go. It can be on fire. That's fun. I was starting to think, I'm pretty sure we're getting close. And then I looked over and I was like, oh, yeah. We're here. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. We are now in... What a gorgeous day it's turned out to be. Blue sky, tufty cloud. I'm getting really warm. I'm going to say it's like high teens as far as temperature goes. And it's basically what it was when we started. Really warm, beautiful, dry roads. And the Queen Charlotte Drive was stunning. There were, yeah, there were nine sets of traffic lights and we had to stop and it was 50Ks most of the way. But a great way to finish off a trip. It's a brilliant way to finish off a trip. Very relaxed, very, uh, yeah, just brings us back to life, back to civilization. Let's go find some breakfast. We got all that brunch, kids. No, we're not millennials. I mean, go by our birth dates we are, but we're not. <laughs> yeah. It's just a bit of an angle. Yeah. Well, you should have done is turned it on first so it squatted before you even got on. Oh, now it's squatting. <laughs> yeah. And we basically have no fuel left, so that's kind of good. That means it should be easy to get them on the ferry and everything else. I need to do 30Ks back home when we get off the ferry. Sorry about the Harley then, but... What does it say? Is it flashing? Has it got... What's the range left in it? Uh, on the V-Strom? Yeah. Hmm. Getting there, getting there, getting there. Let's see. Ah. Oh, the screen's a bit dirty. 259 for the 95 here. Um, let's have a look. Fuel, fuel, fuel. 57 kilometres. How many? 57. Okay. I'll get home. Yeah, you'll get home, because you said you had the extra 30. 
Oh, yeah, extra three litres. From here, we, yeah, we don't have any more running to do this. So there you have it, team. Two absolutely outstanding bikes. The 2020 Suzuki V-Strom 1050 XT and the brand spanking new 2021 Harley-Davidson Pan America. A lap of the top of the south. Unfortunately, we didn't get to do the Molesworth Road, but we did bring you most of the trip, warts and all, and I hope you felt like you were coming along for the ride with us. Todd, when pressed for an answer on which bike he preferred more, the Harley-Davidson, surprisingly. Me, the Suzuki V-Strom. So two very well matched but very different bikes in different respects. If you get a chance to go and ride them, go and do that. Thank you very much for coming with us on this ride. It's been three math episodes. Next week we're back into normal transmission. We're going to be catching up with Matthew Day Gillett and talking news and bringing you all those stories that we uh, we didn't get to bring you over the last three or four weeks. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, share this podcast with a riding buddy of yours. If you'd like to get hold of me, you can email me podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. That's podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. We're on social media as well, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search Kiwi Rider Podcast. Check out the website motonz.com for all the reviews popping up there pretty much daily of all the gear we used uh, throughout the trip. And we'll bring you a few of those stories on the podcast in the coming weeks between now and Christmas as well. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. I've been Ray. Keep your rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time.